Hey everybody, it's me, Stu Helm, the Food Fan, here at Food Fan Headquarters with another exciting episode of Asheville Food Fans. It is a podcast that I do throughout the week, and then I string it together for broadcast on WPVM 103.7 FM, the progressive voice of the mountains, here in beautiful Asheville, Western North Carolina. everybody it's me Stu Helm back here at Food Fan Headquarters and right now I just want to do a little review of Jetty Ray's Oyster House down there on uh where's that on North Charlotte Street it's right where Ganchan Station used to be right next to the Charlotte Street pub not too far from City Bakery and the new Owl Bakery on the other side so there's a nice little food corridor going on up there right now I used to live up in that neighborhood uh, right behind the Jewish Community Center. And it was a great neighborhood. I loved living up there. There wasn't a ton of food to eat when I lived there. People who've lived in this town for a long time may recall there was a Chinese restaurant up there. And they tore that down. And now it's a veterinarian place, I think. And then uh, there wasn't hardly anything. Charlotte Street Pub's been around for a long, long time. It's pretty, you know, mediocre pub food, I would say. Some people love it. I've certainly eaten there a lot because, as I said, I lived up there. Um, and I recommend it for anybody who wants a beer and some pub grub. But when Ganshan Station took over this trashed out eyesore of a gas station up there, renovated it, cleaned up the toxicity, turned it into a wonderful restaurant. And while Ganshan Station is no longer around, you can, of course, go to Ganshan West over in West Asheville. And I interviewed Chef Patrick O'Kane from Ganshan West not too long ago. They're doing great over there. They've got a new chef. They are making some great food, and I recommend Ganshan West very much. But that space where the original Ganshan Station was is now called Jetty Ray's. And I Jetty Ray's been around for a long time now, but I had not been there yet. I just, I don't have a car. Now I have an electric bike, so I'll be tootling over there every chance I get. But uh, we just hadn't made it over there, but I've been hearing great things about it. So I wanted to go. I've been wanting to go for a while. We finally, just on a whim, we were out buying our Christmas tree, and we said, let's go to Jetty Ray's. And so we did. And boy, howdy, are we glad that we did. First of all, so many familiar faces, front of the house and back of the house. Uh, I recognized so many people. It was so nice to see them people who were chefing in other restaurants, people who were serving in my favorite restaurants are now working at Jetty Race. So that was really nice. And Don and I ordered some things and the kitchen sent out some things, which was also very nice. And we appreciate that very much. And we started, we had a hankering for raw oysters. We love raw oysters. That was not always the case with me. I had to learn how to love them. And now I do. I love them very much. And so we got an order of eight raw oysters. And later on, the oyster shucker, the guy who's in charge of all that, I apologize, I can't recall his name right now, but he was a really nice guy, and that's his whole job, is oysters. And he came out, and he chatted with us, and he brought us eight more oysters that we had not ordered, different kinds. And all of them were excellent, so fresh, so delicious. So if you're a fan of raw oysters, go for it at, at Jenny Ray's. Now, in addition to the raw food, we got uh, a lot of cooked dishes. And for one thing, we ordered an Asian salad that was really fresh and exciting. It was kind of like a slaw style salad. It had some little fried crunchy bits on it, too. And it had um, uh, 
a lot of citrus involved. There are even some pieces of orange in there. And so that was quite delicious. You know, I've been trying to get more into ordering things that have the word salad in them that aren't necessarily a fried chicken salad or something like that. So this Asian salad, very fresh, very delish, I recommend. And then the kitchen sent out some of their cod fritters, their salt cod fritters. Now, I have to confess that I am not a huge fan of salt cod fritters until now. Uh, I've had them here and there. I haven't had a ton of them in my life, but I've had some that I thought were kind of like whatever. And then others that I was like, these aren't very good. But these ones at Jenny Ray's are are by far the best I've ever had. And like I said, I don't have a lot of experience with salt cod fritters, but I have a ton of experience with deep fried things of all kinds. And uh, these were amazing. Like they were very fluffy and light inside and so, so crispy outside, even after they cooled down to just straight up room temperature. Uh, and I was thinking, oh, I'll put them aside. I'll take some home. Uh, I, they were sitting there, so I kept eating them. And even when they were more or less cold or, like I said, room temp, they were still really crispy. And so some something special going on with these salt cod fritters. So I recommend those very much. And then the chef also sent out some gambas, uh, some garlic shrimp. I won't attempt the um, Spanish pronunciation, but the garlic shrimp was so, so, so delicious. And it came in a beautiful broth and they very wisely provided a really nice roll, like long roll to go with that. It was probably some famous New Orleans type of bread that I'm too stupid to know about, but um, it was great because you wanted every bit of that broth. And so it was fantastic to use that bread to soak up that broth. And then there was also, um, we ordered the crab rice, which caught my eye. I love crab. I love rice. And it's made with Carolina gold rice, which is uh, one of the few, if not the only regional kinds of rice that rice that we grow around here. And it's sort of a heritage grain. And so we ordered that. And when it showed up, and you can look at the pictures on Facebook or on my blog, and uh, when it showed up, I thought to myself, that looks a little dry, but it was not. It was so moist and delicious and was, uh, apart from the cod fritters, which were just like a surprise superstar, this was the superstar dish of the evening. Now, uh, and and then, I, like I said, the chef sent out some more oysters after that. Don had a couple of uh, glasses of Prosecco, like a glass and a half of Prosecco and a cocktail. She enjoyed all of those very much. The service was excellent. And our server sent us home with a key, piece of key lime pie that we crushed later. It might have been one of the best pieces of key lime pie I've ever had. So just to reiterate, Jetty Ray's up there on Charlotte Street, North Charlotte Street, has amazing raw oysters. The cod fritters can't be beat. The shrimp and garlic dish is a superstar standout dish, as well as the crab rice and the key lime pie. Also amazing. So get on. Oh, and the Asian salad, I recommend very much. So get on into Jenny Ray's. Try the rest of the menu. They've got a burger on the menu that I want to try. It's kind of weird to go into a place that's famous for their oysters and get a burger, but I love burgers. And if it's on the menu, I expect it to be great. And so I'm going to go in and try that. So yeah, get yourselves in there. Try Jenny Race. Tell them that Stu Helm sent you. All right, folks, I'll talk to you in a little bit.
Hey everybody, it's me, Stu Helm, here at Food Fan Headquarters, and I have a special guest, a friend of mine, and a great contributor to our food scene. I have Meg Chamberlain from Fermente. Hey Meg, how are you? I'm very well today, Stu. How are you doing? I'm doing okay, thank you. Just getting over my own bout with COVID. Oh wow. Yeah. And how are how are you dealing with that? It was pretty much fine. I felt like I had a cold for a little while, but just kind of going crazy from isolating, you know, it feels like 2020 all over again. True. Um, but anyways, that's neither here nor there. We're here to talk about fermented things and holidays. And you've got exciting news. Uh, just blurt it on out, Meg. What you got going on these days? So I'm so thankful to have an opportunity today. Thank you, Stu. Um, we It's been a long search. It's taken about six years, but we finally were able to find our flagship location. We had been trying for that entire time to build a facility on our property in Madison County. And um, just one thing after another never seemed to work out. And we're so thankful that uh, that it didn't because I really feel like Asheville is kind of our home. So we get to go, come home. And uh, we have a wonderful little space in Weaverville, um, actually Woodfin, uh, in, on um, uh, Weaverville Highway and uh, 175 Weaverville Highway Unit uh, G. Uh, we are open uh, until the new year on Saturdays, 10 to 4. In the new year, we're going to be shifting into, I'm so excited for this, too. I'm just about to pee myself. <laughs> I'm so excited. We, um, we're going to be offering a monthly fermentation club. Oh, that's where, awesome. Um, yes. And I've been wanting to do it for years. And the classes were kind of getting halfway there. But um, it was so sweet. On our opening Saturday, we had people come in and they were like, can it start today? <laughs> Aww, that's nice. So, it's wonderful. And so I want what I'm my vision for the store is to be kind of a like a one stop location it's like a mini fermenting festival because it's not just about fermenting here. It's about supporting fermentation in all of its forms in Western mm -hmm. North Carolina. So um, like we will be having monthly classes where I'm going to try to bring some other producers in to help bring their perspective for people. So it's not just, you know, me all the time, because I'm sure that's probably pretty irritating. Um, <laughs> sure and, it is uh, in Meg, but yeah, <laughs> mixing it up is always good. And there's a lot of talent to feature. I'm well, sure. there's so much talent. I mean, our, our, our whole town is just, just drowning in this awesome talent. And it's, um, so uh, some of the collaborations that we'll be having in the store, um, uh, things that are uh, like, cause Fermenti makes a lot of products for chefs within the community. And I really, my biggest uh, thing that I'm grateful for is having the opportunity to give chefs the ingredients that they need so that they can be awesome without having to spend the time and the effort messing with it. Okay. So I like to help launch people into awesomeness. Okay. And uh, these collaborations, like we have Ali Ray Pimento Cheese that will have um, some collaborations with other fermenters and producers. Like I think she does a pickle mento that she's going to be putting our pickle dust in. Nice. But it also features um, DJ's pickles, which are incredible. Oh, um, yeah. Right, right. Yeah. And so then we have um, uh, some of her pimento cheeses that are going to have, like, I'm hoping, uh, sweet brine's black garlic in it. 
So you're going to have some really neat flavor structures available. I know that we're getting a couple of kombucha companies in, so people will be able to get a quick refreshment. It's not just going to be, you know, vegetable ferments. Um, I'm trying to talk to, I I won't mention their name because I haven't gotten an email back, but I'm trying to get um, pickles from a local fermenter because I don't want to make pickles right now. And they make such good pickles. And so um, I'm hoping to to have their pickles in the store. And uh, like I've got Celtic sea salt will be available in the store. Local artisan crocs will be available as well. now, uh, let that. me interrupt for a second just to clarify. Mm-hmm. When you say Crocs, you don't yes, mean the I'm shoes. Not referring to the really funky shoes. No, no. Uh, we are talking about uh, handcrafted ceramic um, uh, fermentation vessels, mm-hmm. and we're going to try to have several uh, sizes available as well. Um, and uh, my daughter actually has a new uh, business and product out, which we're launching with the store simultaneously. And she is making a uh, probiotic rich lip balm and skincare items. Wow. So yeah, it is a whole new exciting part of the industry that is going to be coming here in the near future. And uh, she's got the edge on that. It's exciting. Can you tell me a little bit more about the benefits of a probiotic lip balm? Because here comes winter. Winter is dry. Dryness equals cracked lips. And diggity dag, there's a lot of vinegar in this town, right? So you get some cracked lips and some vinegar and you're in some serious pain. And uh, so tell me about this probiotic lip balm. What do you know? Maybe that's something I should talk to your daughter about. Maybe that might be for a future period. But right now it's, um, uh, we have to remember that the mouth is the beginning of the digestive system. And most things that are presented on our mouths, we do consume. Uh, with that in consideration, everything that's in the lip balm is organic and naturally sourced and locally sourced. Um, and then the probiotics in the lip balm, uh, they will actually act as a barrier to protect you from all kinds of things. And I would be trepidatious to say this without the NIH peer reviewed studies that my husband has been working on YouTube to kind of put up there for us to back this, what we're saying. And um, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think one of those papers refers to the fact that it can uh, keep, um, what was it like mono and diseases and things uh, away from, it can kind of be a barrier to protect. Okay. Extra layer of protection against more things than just chapped lips, it sounds like. Well, if you're going around under that mistletoe, it'll it'll keep you a little bit safer. There you go, <laughs> uh, great segue into the holidays. So just to wrap up or to uh, wrap up that last little part about your store, you've got a new store location open right now, Saturdays only until the new year. And then, and then we'll be... Ex- we'll- We'll be shifting into Sundays, noon to five. Okay. And then uh, probably either Tuesdays um, or Thursdays, but uh, my customers need to let me know what they want. Okay. And then once a month on Sundays, we'll be doing the fermenting club. That's great. Okay. And you'll be carrying your own products as well as other local products. Yes. Yes. I know nothing makes you more excited than to promote other people's products, Meg, you're you're truly one of the most, um, I don't know, like emotionally giving in this town, in our food scene. You give a lot of your uh, love to the other food makers in this town. And that's something, of course, that I really appreciate about you. And uh, so with that in mind, what would make, thinking of all the makers you know, and you know mm-hmm. them all, 
uh, why don't you tell the folks about some great gift ideas? I'm trying to give people good local food gift ideas. Do you, do you have any that come to mind when I talk about yes, that? Yes, I do. Yes, All I right. do. Um, and always with the reminder that we keep in our minds that rising tides raise all ships. So we're all in this together and shooting that off my hip. I got to say, um, well, Beth Kellerall's comes to mind with her. First of all, her incredible biscuits, which are just kind of a whole nother thing, but she's doing some baked goods with the fermenty lemon mm-hmm. in and check this too. Oh my gosh. She's putting it in uh, this fermenty preserved lemon in cream cheese frosting mm-hmm. that she's putting on a, gingerbread cake that's crumbly and between the lemon and the sweet and the ginger spices it's just it's incredible it is a, it is a wonderful gift and um where might what's the name of her company and where might somebody find this wonderful sounding cake well her name is beth kellerall's um K-E-L-L-E-R-H-A-L-S. She was at the East Asheville tailgate market. I think she's doing pop-ups with Terry Terrell throughout the winter, possibly. Oh, Terry. Terry's the best. Yeah. Yes. So tailgate markets, look this person up by name, try to hunt them down and get one of these dang cakes. I believe she's at, I want to say she's at um, farmer's markets, maybe uh asap or i'm not 100 i apologize but her things are incredible um another really good suggestion would be um well-seasoned table has an incredible line of seasonings and she uses a lot of local people including our fermented lemon and this one lemon spice but all of her spices are incredible and she has these little sampler tins that make perfect gifts and they're shippable in fact i think she'll ship them for you okay which is nice yeah. Um, and let see. me interrupt again. Sorry, Meg, but you very kindly, graciously brought me over a sample pack of the uh, well-seasoned table stuff. And while I haven't gotten around to using all of it, I have looked at all of it. It all looks awesome. And I have used some of it. And in partic- and it's all been great, everything I've used. And in particular, uh, the, you included um, a gingerbread spice blend with sugar already in it and stuff and i make these funny little taiyaki press pancakes like that's my jam i just mix up some pancake batter put it in a taiyaki press which is a little fish-shaped press press from japan and i decided to add a bunch of this ginger spice and make like a gingerbread pancake and man it was so good i ended up adding a couple of raisins to the next batch And then I I would make the pancakes with the stuff in it. And then I would add butter, you know, and then sprinkle more on top. And sometimes a little maple syrup, sometimes not. And Meg, I just want to say that that particular spice blend, which I think Mm. is just called gingerbread. I think so. Okay. I'll post a picture Mm -hmm. of it when I post this interview on my uh, podcast. But um, I want to, in particular, recommend that as a little stocking stuffer. And yes, having experienced the well-seasoned table, I agree. It it would make a wonderful gift for anybody who enjoys cooking at home. All right. Didn't mean to interrupt. I just wanted to interject that right there. So keep on going. You're on a roll. And in that realm... If you didn't want to give like a spice set, you can do, you can actually get her spices and get some really quality butter and do herbed infused butters as gifts. 
There you go. So like you can even be creative as well. So she's supporting you to do it too. There you go. Um, let's see some other good food makers. Oh my goodness. There's so many. Well, you mentioned oh. DJ's pickles and yes. uh, mm-hmm. I've had DJ on the, or not DJ, that's a, an amalgamation of two names actually. Um, but I've, I've had a rep from there on the show and I, I've tried just about every pickle they make. They, he brought me a case of pickles, like a different, like tons of them. And I crushed them. Like, you know how pickles can be. They can hang around in your fridge for a long time if you're not 100% sold on them. Because you're like, they never go bad. But you're like, eh, this one's too garlicky or whatever. Uh, I crush these, like every single one of them. So I'm going to go ahead and recommend a set of DJ's Pickles for any pickle lover as a gift set. I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And let's talk about your products, though, Meg. What what would be some great gifts from Fermenti? Like, I've, I've had the oh. fermented lemon. It's great. Like, give that to anybody who likes to cook savory or sweet. Like, you throw that on some chicken. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, and you mentioned another one that I'm a big fan of. Um, I can't recall right now. But go ahead and mention some of your own products that you'd like to see in, under the under the tree next to the uh, non-denominational decorations, whatever you've got, folks. Uh, well, OK. Uh, yeah, uh, let's see. So we just got in a whole um, uh, new shipment uh, from our local printer. Uh, we use um, Grifftown Goods and she printed us some zippered unisex hoodies and uh, some trucker hats and some I'd ferment that tote bags. And so those are all wonderful. And those are all very shippable. I'm actually shipping a bunch out today. Okay. Uh, we have our fermentation kits, which uh, you can get at our store. Um, or actually, I just pulled out randomly uh, this batch. I'm made a small batch of kimchi garlic mm. and so it's garlic that's and um that is really exceptional okay yeah. um and for <laughs> fermenti.com is this is this uh where people i'm sorry you're breaking up a little bit meg so i'm gonna wrap up um because we might be losing our connection but just rattle off your web address. Tell people the best way to reach out to you, the best way to follow you. Reiterate your store address again, all, all the business. Thank you. Um, uh, fermenti.biz is our website. Um, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. I'm kind of a meme lord. So if you like memes, you can check that out. Um, and then we will still be at the farmer's market this spring at uh, East Asheville and, uh, and some of our other farmer's markets. So the store doesn't mean we're going away. And, uh, the address is 175 Weaverville Highway Unit G. Uh, we are next to Butterbugs Bakery. Oh, the Butterbugs. I just was sort of corresponding with them this morning about something else. I've got a really cool looking Yule log cake that they do. That's amazing. So uh, well, that's great, Meg. You're awesome. I really love you. And you're such an important part of our food scene. Part of it is that you always keep it local. You always keep it DIY. You're just as happy to teach anybody else how to ferment their own stuff at home. These um, these fermentation kits do make a wonderful gift, especially for locals, because then they can join. Now we know they can join your fermentation club and they'll have their own kit at home. So uh, thank you for everything you do. And thanks for being on the show today. Thank you so much for your time and for having me. 
And um, I, I wish all the best to everybody moving into 2023. Thank you, Meg. Have a wonderful day. Thank you. Hey everybody, it's me, Stu Helm, the Food Fan, and I am here in Food Fan Headquarters. And joining me right now is my good friend, Luis Carlos from Asheville Multicultural, a.k.a. Lucho. And Lucho, how are you doing today? Good, brother. How about you? I'm doing great. Thanks, man. Um, Christmas is around the corner. I know. It's only 10 days away, right? It's the 15th yeah, man. today? <laughs> it is the, the 15th. That's right. You got all your shopping done? I think so. I think so. I'm excited and um, it's cool. It feels yeah. cool. So you guys do the whole tree, the stockings, the whole nine yards, celebrate Christmas? We should do. And, you know, it's kind of interesting because in Mexico, we have Santa Claus. We call him Santa Claus with our Mexicanized way to say it. But uh -huh. it seems like in other parts of Latin America, he goes with but a different name. I think it's San Nicolas or something like that. But anyway. Okay. So. Um, and in my family, we celebrate Christmas as well. Uh, we're not very religious. You know, we're kind of agnostic in our family. But my father was a minister, so he was religious. And um, we always grew up with the tree, the presents, the pretty lights. San I love Santa. Oh, my God. Give me Santa. And uh, <laughs> and so we still do all the Christmas except for what some people would call the reason for the season. Um, <clears throat> and uh, so you and I have that tradition, but there's a lot of different traditions in Asheville for sure. Oh my gosh. Asheville has for such a small town in such a rural location, shall we say um, it has a very diverse ethnic and religious population. In my for sure. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I agree with you. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know, man. I mean, I feel like here you can probably find just about, I don't, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm stretching it when I say every nationality in the world, but I do think there's a lot of people from many places here in Asheville. So, oh, I agree. And the food, the food scene is a reflection of, of that to a degree, you know, um, and we, man, we have food uh, culture out the wazoo here from all over the world, including a strong, Greek food culture, a strong Jewish food culture, and of course, lots of South American food. And oh, we even have great German food and stuff up here in the mountains. And so let's talk a little bit about that, Lucho. Um, sure. Let's talk about how to celebrate a good old fashioned holiday season, no matter what denomination you are. Uh, everybody likes to eat. Uh, most people love to eat. And so let's talk about how to celebrate the holidays in a multicultural way. And why don't you kick it off with a, your a suggestion for people? Oh, man. Okay, I'm putting on the spot. Yeah, you so, are. Uh, so I know that my kids want me to make some short ribs. They love that. So I'm going to make that for them. Um, their mom will probably join us. And I'm thinking that for her, we're going to fix some salmon or trout something to be a little bit light, but I also want to have tamales. Uh, and that is kind of weird, I think, because I think I told you a while back that I used to love tamales when I was a kid, but for many years I didn't eat them. Yes. Um, and it is also kind of traditional in Mexico. You have a fancy dinner, but also a lot of people 
a lot of people in Mexico eat tamales for Christmas. So um, I'm thinking I'm going to bring some. I, I feel like um, it's, it's going to be heavy, the food. As that's what I'm also thinking. Salmon or trout would also be a light touch to it. Uh, so, yeah, man, that's kind of what I'm thinking about doing. And the, the, the ribs, the short ribs, I'm going to make them South American style. I'm going to have some chimichurri around that I want to make. Uh, because really my, my kids are carnivores like I am. So, uh, yeah, man, that's what I'm planning. Okay. Well, that sounds delicious. What time should I come over? Just uh, well, how uh, about just that? kidding, Luis Carlos. <laughs> I, I, I am putting you on the spot in more than one way. Uh, well, we're doing our own thing, of course, over here. And Don, my girlfriend, Don, she is not Italian, but half of her family is her brother and sister, their father was Italian and his side of the family owned an Italian restaurant for multiple generations. And so Dawn is a wonderful Italian uh, cook, home cook, and she's going to bust out some lasagna, some spaghetti and meatballs at my request, uh, maybe a, a small version of Chipino, nothing too extravagant. She has gone on the whole nine yards and done like the feast of the seven fishes in a Chipino. And so she's uh, she's quite creative. So we're we're gonna have not what time is dinner? Uh, exactly. I'm coming, man. <laughs> yeah, well, we should have a, a cultural exchange between our houses. So you you come from a truly multicultural house, isn't your um, your kids yeah, mom my, from England? Yeah, her her dad is from England, and on my dad's on my family, and I have a Lebanese and Cuban blood. And uh, and yeah, like my dad, for him, one of the foods that he loves, it's uh, uh, is this fish. I don't really remember the name in English, but it's called bacalao. And it is eaten all over Italy and um, the Middle East and Greece. They are big fans of this fish. So bacalao, it's a big thing that he likes to have. And uh, it's a very flaky fish. It's something that you have to cook with about two, three days. It's okay. quite a bit of a process. Um, I'm not going to make that, but uh, I was thinking about, man, maybe give it a shot, but it, it's it's quite a bit of work. And also for us in Mexico, with people like that, uh, fish is a big thing. So, But but it usually is for New Year's, not necessarily for Christmas. So okay. New Year's is where the fish is, is heavy. Yeah, okay. and we used to like cook also big, huge red snapper um, that my mom used to make very, very, um, very good. I really liked it. But yeah, that was New Year's. Okay. And, and where I'm from, New England, and probably all over the world, I don't know, it's very traditional to eat raw oysters on New Year's. And so mm -hmm. big fish tradition in my family as well. I uh, might have some lobster on New Year's Day and stuff like that up in New England. And um, you're you're describing the fish uh, that you just described reminds me that it was this time of year, a couple of years ago, that I tried Chef Patty Sain's um, chicken dinner for the first time. And she prepared that around the holidays and talked about it as a holiday type of a treat. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if she'll have some of that on her menu this year. She has in the past put that on. The I menu. imagine she does, actually. I imagine she does because I know that that chicken is very popular for her. So um I got to go see her anyways. I'm okay. glad that you just mentioned her name. I got to go by. Probably after I'm done with you. I'm okay. going that way. Because yeah. I'm here on Patton Avenue. So. Tell her I said hi and ask her if she's going to be making that chicken dinner for Christmas this year. Um, I will. And, and let's talk about some of the other ethnic choices around town for the holidays. Now, 
um there are a lot of indian restaurants in mm-hmm. town um and curry houses as well and this is something that is a real traditional thing for a lot of people to do on christmas eve or new year's eve and so i would my favorite these days is methville and we mm, you too man yeah we uh, we saw each other there last time we were there dude and i was there last week again I'm not, uh, and I'm not kidding. <laughs> and I'm going there next week. I've already got a lunch plans for next How week. How about that? And of course, we talk about it a lot. So we'll just quickly touch on it's on Biltmore Ave, right downtown. It's the newest Indian restaurant in town. It's a straight up what Americans would would expect to find in an Indian restaurant. It's not going to present a lot of surprises the way that Chaipani did when it first opened and the way that Dill Bar right next door might be kind of surprising to a lot of American palate. Um, But uh, Methville is right in the comfort zone. And I personally do find Indian food very comforting. And that buffet is just fantastic. The buffet to me is one of the best downtown um if but but one thing that i have to say is that i have seen the buffet change in price three times now yes with less than six months yeah. so that's an observation that i want to put out there uh but the truth is the, the the options are strong they're really great every time i go there i love to eat there so no complaints it's just uh, something i i notice yeah um, for sure so. i do feel like the original introductory price was shockingly low and i Big time. I called it an introductory price when I you read, were right. when I wrote about it because I figured that's got to change. That's just to you, get people right. all excited. And then it, it went up a dollar and then it went up another dollar. And yep. so uh, <laughs> that has happened over time. It's like boiling a frog, though. Like uh, if it went up two dollars all at once, we me and you might get on our pitchforks and start a riot but since a <laughs> dollar at a time we didn't notice it, it, it's been slowly progressive but it, it's good and I we're hooked love the place yeah we're i am hooked. hooked for sure yeah so big recommends for mephil for people on during the holidays it's always nice to just get some indian food during the holidays because it is so warming and comforting and then we mentioned dilbar and chaipani now these are two of the street food restaurants and brother, you told me that uh, Dilbar in particular reminded you of the places in India. For sure, definitely. I still think that Dilbar is a really great place. Those Frankies are delicious. Um, it's really hard for me every time I walk by there between going there and Mephil. And um, but I think that the the, brun- the brunch buffet is such an you have so many options that that's what I keep on gravitating to Mephil. But the yeah. two places are awesome. Yeah. For sure. I like them a lot. You're right. It's hard to walk into Dilbar when it's just as easy to walk into Methil. Mm-hmm. It's kind of funny. But you know what I want to get? And speaking like about multiculturalism, you and I tried the Chinese Indian food at Dilbar when we went there for the original tasting. And it was so delicious. And I, I actually really want to get back to try that because that was very unique and something I'd never had before. But now that you're saying that, I would also like you to try then the Mexican-Asian thing that is going on that is a big trend, which is the birria ramen. So oh, birria, yeah. I already know that it's a huge thing going all over the country. Uh, you can actually just Google, uh, do a search in Google, and you're going to see that from the New York Times to the Washington Post to the LA Times, people are raving about this particular birria with ramen noodles. And uh, when I went, to, when I actually noticed that they had it at and the way I had to go try it, and it was a great thing to do that because 
now I see people are paying attention and what Chef Salvador, Salvador Alvarado is his name, is doing, I it's he's not reinventing the wheel, but he's just following a trend that is big in other places. And I'm just so glad to see that it's happening here now. I think you're going to love it. So check that out. I feel like it's interesting to have Mex- Mexican Asian. Uh, and the truth is, in Mexico City, there is a Chinatown. And a lot of people don't really know this about Mexico, but it's also a very diverse country. And again, I feel like this birria with ramen is a no-cow. You need to try it. And and is it very ramen-like, made with ramen noodles? Does it have an egg on top and stuff? Or? No, it doesn't have an egg on top. Uh, but just it just has the noodles, really. That's the okay. that's the only thing that they are doing to the birria, as far as I'm concerned. But it just it makes it. it I, I don't know. It, it it gives it a little bit of a different taste, and it's just delicious. It's a very rich stew. It's not super spicy, but it's very flavorful. And and yeah, man, I I think it's a great thing. All right, I should uh, I should tell you, Lucho, that I'm a little self conscious about saying the word birria these days because somebody gave me a hard time about it on Facebook, and they left me a mean comment that said, mm. "Learn learn how to pronounce the words before you rave about our food or something like that." And I was like, "Gosh, there's a lot of words I don't know how to pronounce," and uh, and I, I gotta you. have I have an accent. And my yeah, accent man. is just an American accent, and it doesn't always accent. sound pretty. But um, so I just want to say I pronounce it birria, and I, I apologize to the world for that. But that's just the way that my mouth works. Yeah, and and that's and that's valid, man. I feel like uh, if people are going to make a big deal about the way you say things, yeah. I think it's mostly on them. I feel like the fact that you're trying to say something that is not in your vocabulary is already good for me that you're making that effort. And I also always thank you for coming to these places with me. And and again, because of your support, people like Patty Science, who can, who really has limitations when speaking English, is well known. So that's well, what I gotta say about that. Thanks, man. I appreciate that because. <laughs> I apologize to everybody about pronouncing everything wrong. I'm I'm bad at that. I try to get better, and it's not just not just words in other languages either. It's words in English too. <laughs> I hear you. I have the same. I I, I think the same problem here, man. Yeah, yeah. So, I just try but, not to let it get to me. Yeah, me too. Me too. I really I, I was fishing for some comfort right there from you, Lucho. So cool. thank you for providing that to me. No problem. Man. And speaking of that, I got to go try this stew at the uh, Icaro, no, Andalewe. And yeah. um, you and I had a lunch day to do that last Friday and I had to cancel because I got sick. But hopefully I'll be feeling better soon and we'll go get that together. Yeah, man. Please let me know as soon as you're okay. We can go there and I'd love for you to try it. I think you're going to like it a lot. And uh, a couple more things, and then I'll let you go because I know you're busy. But I um, I was rolling through all of my photos. I'm about to do my Best of Asheville Awards, you know. So I rolled back in Facebook to January of last year and looked through all of my food photos. I've eaten at uh, over 100, close to 150 different places in Asheville this year, a mm. lot of them with you. And one of the ones that I came across, of course, was a wonderful tasting that you and I did at um, at Thai Pearl over oh, in right on. Yes. Nashville. And I want to recommend that to people, too. I, I haven't been there since that tasting, but looking at the food, looking at Chef May and the good time that we had doing that. And that is some great food, man. When's the last time oh, you sure. ate there? 
It's been maybe a couple months. Yeah, it's been a couple months. Um, and you know, it's interesting you say that because today on social media, I saw that Typer posted a picture of uh, Chef May when she was doing her internship at the Royal Palace in Thailand. And she's, she's, she's a young chef, but she looks so much younger there. Yeah. And uh, she still has a big smile. Yeah. And uh, I, I think it's amazing that Chef May has that quite that that kind of experience bringing here with Thai food. I think we're lucky. In fact, man, I might actually go have dinner there tonight. Yeah, I hope <laughs> so. I hope so. This. If you do, yeah. and if you see the chef, tell her I said hi. I will. Um, for sure. But yeah, she is. You alluded to it. It's you got to mention it every time you talk about her. She cooked at the Thai Royal Palace, and that to me. Uh, makes her sort of like royalty herself in a way, culinary royalty coming over here to little old Appalachia, USA, and uh, cooking some amazing Thai food for us up here in the mountains. Something that we've we've had Thai food for years, and I'm going to say hers is the best Thai food this city has ever had. I feel the same. I feel yeah. the same. They might people. They might be people that disagree, but I love her food, and uh, to me, it is definitely the best place in time. Yeah. And uh, I guess let's round it out just by talking about Baba Nam, get some uh, Middle Eastern food. Uh, you can get some great takeout there. If you need to cater a party, you can get a lot of little things there. You can get your hummus plates and stuff like that. Great option for vegetarians and vegans as well, although they do have meat on the menu. And uh, do you know of any other like uh, um just to round out our multicultural conversation, can we think of any other place in Nashville that we haven't mentioned or type? I mean, we haven't mentioned well, there's a, lot. a couple, there's you know, a there's lot. a couple of places that, that you just made me think of that I would like to go with you. Okay. The first one would be um, Gypsy Queen right okay. here on Patton Avenue. But there's another place that I also feel like flies under the radar a lot. And I feel like they need to be explored a little deeper. I have been there a couple of times, but I do need to, I, I need to go back. And it's Mr. Kebab. And it is okay. over there on exit eight. Uh, there's a golf gym or something like that in this shopping plaza. I had been there a while back, man, and I remember it was great. I believe the people either are from Palestine or they might be Syrian. I'm not sure because it's been a while. But I want to go there. I want to go there because when I went there, I really loved it. It just so happened that I, every time I'm around there, I feel like I'm in a rush. I'm going somewhere else and I don't have enough time to stop by. But uh, that's a place that I feel like I need to make a point to go there and eat. And okay. also Wild Ginger. Wild Ginger, we need to go, man. I yeah. think that place is awesome. I love Wild Ginger. I don't get there very often. So, yeah, let's go together sometime, Lucho. And I, I, Mr. Kebab has been on my list for a long time. And I love kebab. I kind of grew up eating it, strangely. There was a great Middle Eastern restaurant in Worcester, Massachusetts in the 1970s. Mm -hmm. And I grew up in Westboro, which is right next door. And I always say this, so I hope it doesn't get too boring for the audience, but I, my sister and I were well-behaved children. And it was cheaper to take us to a restaurant than it was to hire a babysitter. So we got to go out to eat at a young age. Oh, that's awesome, man. Yeah, it was fun for us, you know. So we we stayed well-behaved because we got to eat the food, you know. And uh, and I, and I so kebabs are actually a really early memory for me, like a super early like we need to go seven years old me memory for me so we'll definitely go you know All right. I, well, oh. one more thing yeah. and then I'll, I'll let you go uh another place i feel like i want to go 
I believe it's open. I'm not sure. You might know more than I do when it comes to this one. But the Ethiopian restaurant that it's over there by I don't remember the name of the Thirsty street. Monk over there. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Adisay. Yeah, Adisay. I, I, I think it's been open. Adisay for years, man, and they just keep chugging along. Like they yeah. had some problems. They had a GoFundMe and all of that stuff. I and... believe that they changed ownership from the last owner. Okay. When when you and I were there, okay. I think there's a new owner. But I like to go check it out. I feel like it's okay. a restaurant that needs to be supported, and I also glad to see um, African food in Asheville because yeah. really that's one thing that you don't really see. This is the only place as far as I know, and I want them to be around. I agree. I agree. Let's do it. And and I'll say one more, or really two more. One is uh, Island Pan, the Jamaican place inside the mall, is fantastic. Fantastic. I keep on hearing this, man, and I've been there, and I almost eat there, I've been there two times, but I haven't. But I am going to make that point. I will. Okay. And then I'm going to have a chat with a guy who just opened a new food truck called Shabingo, and he Ooh. does Jamaican food as well. Same and then there's there. a woman named Queenie who does Queenie's Island food. She's mostly catering and pop-ups. And uh, there's another one I'm leaving out right now. But for some reason, there's an explosion of Jamaican food in Asheville right now. Well, so. I'm down to exploring that. So please let me know whenever you find out that you want to go and let's make it happen together. Hopefully. All right. Well, Lucho, go on a fast from Monday to Wednesday and you and I will go out to eat between Thursday and Friday on Thursdays and Fridays from now on. All I right, know that I, I, I know I, I, that you don't like to eat quite as quite as much as I do, but uh, we'll we'll do it. We'll no, figure man, it out. I, the problem is I love to eat. It's just that I put the weight really fast. <laughs> well, I know what you're saying. And me too. I got to be more careful than I was. Um, all right, brother. Well, thanks you. Thanks again for making the second effort. We we had some technical difficulties before, but you you you're at a Starbucks now, and you're uh, you're able to get a good connection. So thanks for making that second effort and coming on. The the show with me today no problem brother thank you very much and if i don't see you again soon make sure that i, I make you sure, i want you to make sure that you know that i want you to have a great christmas and to eat a lot ah thank <laughs> you my friend and same for you and i do hope i see you before christmas but if not let's try to get to mr K kebab before new year all right my man all you right. have a great one you take too bye-bye All right, everybody, it's me. I'm back here at Food Fan Headquarters, and I just wanted to tell you about some sweet treats that I've had recently. Now, first of all, I want to tell you that my good friend, I love her so much, Chef Jill Worthy, the Worthy Baker, she heard I wasn't feeling well. She brought me a gift basket of her treats, and there were her famous truffle cookies, and uh, some of her brand new cobblers that come in a really cute mason jar that you get to keep, of course, and uh, some of her new whoopie pies. And I'm going to just concentrate on the whoopie pies because she just brought this basket to me a couple of days ago, and I just haven't worked my way through all the sweets, but I love whoopie pies, and some of these were red velvet, and so I hit those up, that up right away. And there was one red velvet and two regular, and one, the red velvet had marshmallow stuffing. The regular ones had a sort of a, what do you call it, like a cream cheese frosting type of thing inside. Yeah, boy, all of them were so great. They were so great. They were 
I I like whoopie pies to be cakey and not overly moist. Like I want it to taste like cake and to have the texture of cake. And so these had that beautiful cakey texture. And I'm just going to say, get contact Jill Worthy, the Worthy Baker. You can find her online. She's not hard to find. W-O-R-T-H-Y. That's her actual last name. And that is the name of her company. And find her, get any of her treats from her cheesecakes to her cookies to her cobblers. And in particular, I'm recommending these moon pies. So get yourself some of those. Oh, wait, did I just say moon pie? I meant to say whoopie pie. And the difference is, is that uh, whoopie pie is more cakey, the way I like them, and a moon pie is more like cookie, cookie with some marshmallow in between, and uh, sometimes coated in chocolate, coating of chocolate. And uh, there's commercial moon moon pies, I don't like that much. Like, But give me a house-made moon pie, and I'm into that. I don't know who's making them these days. Oh, I do. Um, Session Cafe makes a oatmeal moon pie, and it's quite good. Uh, and speaking of commercial sweets, I got some commercial candies to put inside of our advent calendar. And I'm not talking about Killwinds, which I mentioned last week, which makes, you know, halfway decent sweets. Uh, if you're used to really good stuff like Chocolate Fetish, Chocolate Lounge, Asheville Chocolates, then the, the chocolate from Killwinds is just kind of mediocre, right? But I, I don't mind that. That's cheaper, too. But I had some leftover Halloween chocolate and i put that in our advent calendar and boy howdy what a letdown i won't mention any names but rhymed with well i will mention names it was a snickers and it was a, a three musketeers uh what do i care uh mars candies can dispute this review but uh i really um they were awful god especially the three musketeers was just awful and i was naive because i still and my naivete will come rolling around next year, too, because I always forget how bad and trashy commercial candies are. But these were bad and trashy. But let's talk about some really refined sweets that Don and I got. And these were from our neighborhood favorite, my former two-time Restaurant of the Year winner and new Restaurant of the Year winner. Uh, so they've won more than a couple of Stubby Awards from me. And that is Vivian, right down on Depot Street in the River Arts District near the original Penny Cup Coffee Roaster. Um, and Vivian is just fantastically delicious. And they may or may not be up for a Meal of the Year Award this year. We'll see about that when I do all my tabulations. But uh, they advertised on Instagram or Facebook or somewhere. I don't know where Dawn saw that they had all of their all of these wild pastries or traditional pastries, but wildly delicious looking pastries by their dessert slash pastry chef, whose name is Jimmy. And Jimmy is a great person. We love him very much. And he was the pizza chef at uh, Cucina 24 for many years. If you ever sat at the pizza bar there, you saw Jimmy putting pizzas in and out of the uh, wood uh, pizza oven, wood-burning oven there. So he's a great person, and he's a fantastically good sort of pastry-slash-dessert-slash-just-all-around-great chef. 
And uh, so we ordered up one of each of all of these really delicious things, a cinnamon or a, a, a sweet roll, uh, some weird bread with almond paste on it that was so delicious. And I can't even remember. We gobbled them all up just one thing after another we had so much and it was so freaking good so follow vivian on their social media to get the jump on that and it was like you couldn't order it online you couldn't call in your order you had to go in and pick it up and uh limited first come first serve type of situation and i'll tell you what here's a little tip for y'all um, when we, Don and I didn't get these delivered to us until the end of the day. And by that, I mean, my sister went and she got them and she brought them to us, uh, cause we've been at home with COVID on uh, super unfortunate. But, um, so my sister brought them to us, but it was end of service for Vivian. And so they had been out for a little while, these pastries, and y'all know how pastries are. They had got a little dry. And so when they first came to the house, we ate a bunch right away, but we were like, these are a little dry. Oh, well, you know, that's the way it goes. And we're willing to just kind of live with that. But really, we only took a few bites of each thing. And then we have a giant glass cake dome. And I said, let's just put all of these on a plate and put the dome over all of these. And that will be easier than trying to wrap these all up. And I don't think the cardboard boxes that they came in, while I'm grateful they were made of cardboard and not plastic or styrofoam, they don't really keep things very moist. So boom, dome goes over, and I said, and I was like, and one of the side effects of a dome is it should help to keep them moist, and that was not only true, but it really helped to reconstitute them a little bit. It created its own little environment in there, and everything got a little warm and humid, and everything was just brought back to life in a beautiful way. So I feel like I, I don't know if I was hip to the magic art of the or just the magic functionality of the cake dome, a glass cake dome until I was already like in my forties or something. And so I just want to impart that knowledge to everybody, just in case you don't know, if you get some dry goods, even just an upside down glass bowl or something like that is adequate to bring these things back to life. Just let them sit at room temperature like that. All right. So the desserts from Vivian were great. Jill Worthy, the Worthy Baker, her desserts are fantastic. So there you go. Just a little sweet, a uh, little sweet thing at the end of the show. And thank you all for listening. Uh, I want to thank WPVM 103.7 FM, the progressive voice of the mountains for taking my humble podcast and turning it into a radio broadcast. Always more impressive when I tell people I do a radio show. And I got a lovely uh, holiday card from Davine Dial and the folks at WPVM. And I, I love you, Davine, and thank you for letting me be on your radio station. And also thank you to the Dorita sisters for allowing us to use their excellent punk rock song, Cheese Wagon, uh, as our theme song. I play it in its entirety during the show. It's less, less than 30 seconds long. And I want to thank all of you for listening and, and my two guests for being on the show. If you'd like to be a guest on my show, please reach out to me at stuhelmavl at gmail.com. Stuhelm, A-V as in victory, L as in loser, dot uh, com, at, at gmail.com. And uh, follow me on all my social media. I am Stu Helm Food Fan on Facebook, 
Instagram, Substack, YouTube, Post. I'm now a proud member of Post, and it's pretty fun. And also, I belong to this one with kind of a tragic name called Tribal, T-R-I-B-E-L. It's kind of fun, too. And I ditched my Twitter account. I deleted it. I canceled it. No more. I'm sorry, folks. I can't handle Elon Musk. I, I, uh, I made when I deleted my Twitter account. I made a post on Facebook, which you know Zuckerberg, he ain't much. Well, he's not. No, he's not nearly as bad. Um, he's not awesome, but whatever. Uh, he's not nearly as bad as Elon Musk. And I made the observation. And this is my opinion and mine alone. That if uh, if I, a local restaurant was owned by somebody as atrocious as that guy is to me, you know, like maybe you love him, maybe you hate him, maybe you don't care one way or the other. But to me, he just, I just do not like this person. If I felt that way about somebody who owned a local business, I'm sorry, I would be not inclined to patronize that business. He just offends me on every level. And I don't have to spend my money or my time at any place owned by anybody who offends me on that level. So I chose to delete my Twitter account and now I'm getting my hot takes on tribal and a little bit deeper, uh, more thoughtful stuff going on on post. And so find me and follow me there. All right. My website is www.stuhelmfoodfan.com. Peace out y'all. This episode of the Food Fans Radio Show was underwritten in part by Asheville Food Tours. Did you know that there are over 200 places to eat and drink in downtown Asheville alone? It can be overwhelming. Whether you're a visitor or a local, there's no better way to experience downtown Asheville than taking a food tour with Asheville Food Tours. Details, pricing, and an easy-to-use calendar can be found at AshevilleFoodTours.com. That's AshevilleFoodTours.com.